You've got the mic to your mouth, I assume. Hey, people. Coming to the stage right now. You know, I'd like to introduce this young man. He hosts this podcast called Get My Husband Off My Podcast. Got a lot of got a lot of good things to say. I like this young man. Hopefully y'all like him too. GMH OMP. You know, I'm putting myself in the mental frame that I'm on the stage. Got a chair, maybe a bottle of water. And I'm looking out. You know, it's a good 80,000 people out in front of me. Why would I be talking to 80,000 people? Why would I need to be introduced? When all I can do is just click this phone on, push record, and I'm going. I need to expose myself. And the best way to expose myself is to put a big-ass spotlight directly on me to where I have nothing but eyes. Nothing but eyes on me. I apologize for the delay with this episode, with this podcast, with with everything that I've promised, there's been a delay. That's because life jumps right in the way and says, hi. I'm going to jump right into it. There's a section in this podcast, um, I'm going to put it possibly at the third, second to third segment, it depends on how this one go. Um, Something happened between my father and myself. He's going to claim, you know, he claimed he didn't know that he was, you know, how it was going to be taken or anything like that, or he didn't mean any harm. But I needed to get this out, so I got it out. You know, I say some things that you possibly shouldn't say about your parent. But you guys know who I am. You know I speak with nothing but conviction. You know I mean everything I say. Even when I shouldn't say it. So as I'm imagining myself standing there, looking out upon this crowd, I can't do nothing but give you guys all of me. Can't hide. I'm going to touch on some things in this episode that's not personal. I'm going to touch on some things in this episode that are funny, that I will joke with, that, you know, I kind of don't want to continue to sit here and be all serious and everything. Sort of don't have a choice right now. But, like I said, I'm exposed myself. Candace and myself aren't in a good state right now. We haven't been in a good state. But we've tried to salvage what we could salvage. And we've honestly tried to make up a relationship, to be honest with you. We're happy. Be honest, we're better as friends. We're much better as friends. And we both have agreed upon that the marriage is is, is, is possibly over with. I mean, both of us has done, have, have done wrong to each other, so I can't sit here and be fake with y'all. But both of us have done wrong, and I'm not trying to use this platform to throw her under the bus. She's a beautiful person. 
We've been together for 20 years. 15 and 16. Oh, my gosh. 15 to 16-year-olds can't keep each other's attention for 20 minutes. We've done it for 20 years. And therefore, I know this woman is going to forever be in my life. I'm forever going to be a part in every decision that I make. I'm forever going to be a part in every success that I have. But just finding a way to exist now, it's going to be hard. But, hey, with everything, tough comes success and comes reward. So I know the both of us will be all right. And the reason why I know the both of us will be all right is because she's currently en route to Kansas City to, you know, be with a friend. It's been her birthday. And normally I would, you know, I would have had a severe issue with that, mainly because, you know, one, she's leaving in the middle of this extreme turmoil we'll have, we're having. Two, we don't really spend that much time with each other as much anymore. And three, just because of the way that I was before, I would have stopped it. I would have threw a fit because she She's done the same thing that she always did. And, you know, I'm not saying she started a fight, but, you know, she didn't try her hardest to, to not. So, anyway. But, you know, I wish her safety. You know, hope she finds what, hope she finds what she's searching for. Not just with this trip, but just in life. And like I said, we got a house together. We got kids. We're not going to cheat the family just because... We're not where we were. And possibly we will never get that back. But the dynamic will still be there. Will this podcast change? I don't know. She may pop in for an episode here or there. But as far as having her on every episode, I honestly don't feel that'll that'll happen. Honestly. Honestly. I'm not saying she's she doesn't do anything, but... The way that we've been around each other, you know, we need just, we need time to just know who we are as individuals. But like I said, I can't stop the traction that I'm getting with this podcast. Just because, because I don't know where this is going to take us. I don't know where these platforms are going to take us. Like I said, it's going to get much better. And as I'm still imagining myself sitting there talking to 80,000 some odd people just about my life. That way I can only be honest. I can only be open. I'm open and honest anyway. But right now, that light is bright. And I feel like it's shining right on my head. So as I said, there's a section in this podcast that you guys may not want to hear. Because if you love your parents, don't listen to it. But, yo, if you're listening to this podcast, I mean, you got some sort of affiliation with myself. And you know exactly how I am. I want to talk to all the young couples out there, if I can. You're going to get a male's point of view with this. I only want you to first take from this. You got to be yourself in relationships. You have to. And I'm not speaking this as a single man. I ain't single. I'm still married. But you got to 
be yourself in, in relationships. Honestly, you can't repeat what your parents did. You can't repeat what what your mama did, what you did, what you you know, what your daddy years ago, or how their relationship went. Or my mother had breakfast made every morning. My daddy had dinner made every night. Okay, well, your new spouse, your new girlfriend, boyfriend, probably can't cook. Is it their fault? No. Is it their fault that they're good at nine things and not the tenth? No. Should you blame them for it? No. But just accept. Learn to accept. That's what you got to do. Learn to accept. Don't spend too much time finding your punk ass out. Don't spend too much time. I need to find myself. No. Don't spend too much time doing that in the beginning. Notice I said in the beginning. When you develop feelings for someone, let them know you de- you de- you've developed feelings for them. Let them know how they make you feel when you're around. Let them know all of that. That way you've built a foundation, a base. That way when you start to feel like, wait a second, I may or may not want this, or I may want this, but I want to make sure that I'm ready for it. That person has to be, has to love you enough, has to care for you enough to let you Go and discover that. That person has to be just as strong, just as convicted, just as committed as you are to allow the space. Everyone needs space. Everyone needs air. Everything needs air to breathe. When you close it in, when you compact it, it's going to do nothing but rot and spoil. What are you preserving it for? Let it go. Let it be out in the open. It has to breathe. Meaning, that woman has to see other men. That man has to see other women. And if that vision gets narrower and narrower to the point to where they only see each other, after finding certain things out, then you've done it. you figured it out. You can't hold a person down. I'm not saying that's what happened between Candace and myself. I'm just speaking to young people right now can't hold that person down you have to realize that you have to give a person their space you can't crowd them you can't call them 450,000 times in an hour why ain't you call me back or why ain't you you know text me back when I text you you know this and that why ain't you pick up FaceTime or why didn't you blah 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 you gotta give a person space you got to make sure that they want you just as much as you want them. You got to make sure they're done with their past because that can also creep up in. You got to make sure that they don't have anything that they haven't told you or anything like that. Don't just fall in love all fast. And then once you really find out about a person, oh, I hate them, this and that, blah, 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 blah. It's not worth it to fight. It's not worth it to fight. Yeah, have your issues, have a discussion, have a little bit of disagreement, but it's not worth it to just fight. It's not worth it. And most times people fight over things that they disclosed from a person. I need space. I need time. Blah, blah, blah. Let them know. If they love you enough, if they love you enough, they'll let you know. If they love you enough, they'll let you go. They'll let you go and allow you that time to live your life. Let you go and allow you that time to live your life.
the best thing you can give a person. The best thing you can give a person in a relationship is to allow them that time to just live, just breathe. Oh, I didn't give you a time. I didn't give you the time to be a man. I didn't give you the time to be a woman. I didn't give you time to see what else was out there. I'm not saying you have to let that person go be with other people, but don't try to box them in and force them to only see you. You have to give them a reason to only see you. Meaning your relationship can't grow and they're, if they're just constantly around you, constantly with you, constantly looking at you. Your relationship can't grow. You can't grow as people. You can't grow. You have to put yourself in situations. I'm not saying like, you know, temptations, things like that. I'm just saying you have to put yourself around other people in order for your relationship with another person to grow. You can't close yourself in. You can't be that close-minded to where that's all you see is that. You know, Candace, Candace and myself didn't have what we had for the past uh, seven, eight months once we found out everything about each other. Like, dang, it's okay. Because for so long, it was like, oh, man, if I tell her this or if I tell him that. No, once we found out that you you have eyes, I can now see my future and it's safe with you regardless of what we are. And I honestly feel that that possibly played a role in the way the marriage is possibly ending. Maybe. Who knows? But like I said, she's en route to Kansas City, and I really hope she has a wonderful time. But I'm not trying to be the one to stop anything. I could have. But I didn't. Because the old me would have. Once we started really arguing, the old me would have. But this me, hey, we need this space. I need the space. She needs the space. That's what you got to do. You got to allow that person to breathe, allow that person to grow, allow that person to find out what they need to find out about you so they can find it out about themselves as well. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. So I'm going to go ahead and jump into the other side of this podcast. Like I said, you guys are going to hear something that you may not want to hear in the next segment, possibly the segment after this one. So I will let you know it's a good 20 minutes long. So I know you guys, um, since we're late, we're recording, we're late with uploading. The whole uh, Takashi 69 trial. About him being on trial and basically pointing the finger at everybody in the rap industry and the hip-hop industry about being gang-affiliated, saying he's not the only one. He pointed his finger at numerous people. There's too many people to even mention in this podcast because I'm pretty sure you guys have heard about it, but it's been pretty much like that in high school, too. Because I remember those days when those kids were sort of forced to be in gangs and and things of that nature, you force the the not so, you know, you force the kids that had the money and stuff. Yeah, they down. Yeah, they down with the gang. Yeah, they can throw the set up. Go right ahead. Go right ahead. When it's time to fight and defend that so-called flag, where's that person that was screaming? Where's the person that basically started the fight? The mouth. 
pointing his fingers, telling, and all this stuff. And that's pretty much what Takashi is. He's a centerpiece. Yeah, they protected him. Did he have to get jumped in? No. Did he have to get initiated? No. No. I'm going to play the role of hater. I'm going to play the role of troll. I'm going to play the big mouth. I'm going to hide behind some real tough people with guns. I'm going to hide behind this gang that's going to protect me, that's going to make me seem like I'm tough. What do you mean you got sell drugs? What do you mean you, what do you mean those guns in this video is real? Those not props. Oh my goodness. I'm not built for this, but wait a minute. Yes, you are. We want you to say this about that person. Say that about this person. Blah, blah, blah. We'll back you. We'll do this. We'll do that. All the kidnapping and stuff like that. The racketeering and all of that stuff and attempted murders and all of that things he said on the internet. All of that is being turned right around on you, bud. Being turned right around on you. Right around on you. You're the one that they pointing the finger at. Since you're the, the centerpiece, you're also the one that they want the most. So there's people that's committing crime. Yeah, they, they shooting. Yeah, they murder. Yeah, whatever. People do that every day. We want you because you influence, you influence millions. They may kill one or two people, but you influence millions to do your bidding. Well, how can I get out of that? Well, you know, start telling us what you know. And that's exactly what he's doing. But that's exactly what you shouldn't do. That's exactly what you shouldn't do if you were built like that. If you was built like that, nah, there's no way you see that coming a mile away. You wouldn't even be affiliated with them people. Because there's plenty of so-called gangster rappers. So-called rappers with money. So-called rappers with clout and respect that don't go through the things that Takashi went through. That won't go through the things that Takashi went through, so to speak. Won't do it. Because they see it coming. He wanted it so badly. He wanted the career so badly. He wanted to stop being bullied and stop being picked on so badly. And now there you go. Now you got it. But just like Spider-Man said, Uncle Ben said, with great power comes great responsibility. So sometimes you don't want that responsibility. Sometimes that responsibility makes it makes you the one that they want to touch. I mean, I'm sorry. Make you the one that they want to test. And when these rappers, the tough ones, catch you in these venues, catch you at these concerts, at these clubs, and they see you face to face and they realize he's just a kid. He's, he's, a, he's a baby. He's a kid. And he tells you, oh, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. Blah, 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 blah. And then when he gets back to the public, ah, oh, he's soft. He's studio. No threat to this kid. He can holler boom, boom, boom all he wants to. You're not boom, booming anything with your mouth into that microphone. You not tough. So then what happens to that rapper? He has to prove he's tough. 
He has to fight a fan or something like that. Get mad in an interview or something like that to prove you tough. You're not going to fight the real. Definitely going to tell on them. And that just goes to show the kids these days, you guys, you, you're looking up to the wrong ones. You really are. You're looking up to the wrong ones. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You idolizing the wrong ones. Look at Jay-Z. Look at Nas. Look at Scarface. Look at Tip. Look at look at rappers, influencers like that. They not out here trying to be tough. They not out here doing any of that stuff. There ain't no studio in them. I mean, like I tell people all the time, you you barking up the wrong tree. You following the wrong trail. That ain't, that ain't where you need to be. That ain't what you need to be looking at right there. Come, false. Don't even, don't even adhere to that nonsense. I don't even listen to the music, so I can't really give you guys any songs to go to or anything like that. All I can do is just report on what I hear and what I somewhat pay attention to because he's still on trial. He's still pointing his finger. I mean, he helping everybody. The judge, the security guard, the reporters, the journalists, the stenographer. He like, no, nah, they look like this. Let me draw it. Let me draw it. He out there drawing pictures now. So I mean, it's just it's it's these are complete and utter joke now. So I mean, he was already a joke to me. I mean, the colorful hair and stuff like that. That wasn't really appealing to me as a music as as a fan of music. So you know, I mean, but you know, that's just that's just that. But I mean, like I tell the kids, and you know, since. He was a big influence on young the young generation. I mean, if I would have caught my kids listening to it, I would have gave it a gave it a listen. But other than that, I'm like, you know what? No, that ain't what you should be listening to. You know, so I mean, I'm like I said, I'm not hating on them. I'm not hating on them. I'm still not hating on them right now as I'm talking about them. I'm just saying, you got to know what you built for, and he knew he wasn't built for that. He knew he wasn't built for that. He was not made for that life. He was not made for that life. He was not. And he came out and made his music and kept his mouth shut. But he had to keep his name out there. He had to keep, you know, he had to keep his name up and stuff like that. So, but you know, I, I, I wish him well. You know, even, even the ones that he's telling on, the ones he's pointing the finger at, I mean, I don't wish ill upon nobody. But, you know, if you're out there doing, doing wrong, you're going to pay for it anyway. So, I mean, like I said, you know, it's just, that's just not the lifestyle. It really ain't. It's not, not the lifestyle to get out there and live in fear. Why would you want to live in fear? You know, and that's exactly what that kid's living in. Scared as hell. You know, he don't talk about he don't want protective custody, still trying to talk tough. Because, you know, once you walk out that courtroom without protective custody, somebody going to drive by and pop your potato, and you're going to be another rapper slain. But, I mean, now you got to wash the dye out your hair. You got to get your face tattoos removed and all of this stuff, and you got to go out there and get you a normal life. And, well, you did it to yourself, little guy. So, you know, I can't really... Can't really speak too much on it because the rapper I really followed really lived the life that he said he lived. I mean, look at Tupac. He knew the people that got him locked up. He knew the people that shot him. He knew. Did he run to the police? Nope. 
He ran to the booth? Yeah. But did he run to the police? Nah. He even, he even shot, he even shot two off-duty cops because they was harassing a black man and then they tried to turn it around on him and come at him. He didn't know those were police officers. He was just protecting somebody that was being wronged. Found out they was cops. Did he point the finger at anybody? Nah, he took it. He took it. That's what gave me the strength right here because I didn't have anybody ahead of me telling me that I could take it. I didn't have anybody ahead of me telling me you can go through this. I didn't have any trail to follow. I didn't have it. Like I said, I'm still building mine. I'm still laying my tracks right in front of me as I take these, take these steps through my house. I'm still laying these tracks right in front of me. I mean, so if he would have really had an OG in his life teaching him how to come up, teaching him the game and stuff like that, and he would have saw them dudes coming a mile away. Mile away. You got to know how to move out here. That's what I tell everybody. You got to know how to move. You got to know how to move. I mean, I hope you guys really looked at that situation and saw what you should have seen and not seen everybody trying to make fun of them now for pointing the finger. Yeah, some of that stuff funny, but what you really need to look at is that is not what you want. That lifestyle is not what you want. You don't want to live in fear. Even if you got so-called money, all of these videos flashing all of this money, but you living... You you stuck in the house because you can't come out because something you said. Nah, uh, uh-uh. I'm not saying I'm out here living that life, but I know I'm able to walk around comfortably and have been for 36 years, comfortably, most likely by myself. If anybody see me, I'm out running, going to work. I'm with my wife or with my kids. I don't hang around a bunch of people because I don't like the attention and I don't like the stigma that it brings. So if something were to happen, I know how to handle it. And I don't put myself in situations that I can't get out of. But these kids these days, everybody want to be so-called gang gang until a real gang member shows up. And then you quiet. What was all them little twisty things you did with your fingers now? Because back when I was coming up, them twisty things you did with your fingers, you either... You either did or you didn't. And I'm not saying I didn't because at a point in time I did until I realized I couldn't be friends with every game. That was sort of funny to me to try to be friends with every gang. And I and I honestly try and I honestly had best friends from every gang. <laughs> kind of funny though, to be honest with you. I had friends, Crip, Blood. Latin King, Folk, Vice Lords. Oh, my gosh. I wore every color, to be honest with you. And I got in trouble for it. I almost got killed for that because I didn't really truly know that I couldn't wear my hat this way and then wear it one way the next day or say what's up to this dude on this block or say what up to this dude on that block or play basketball with these kids. They turn around and play basketball with these kids. I didn't really know. So once I stepped out of that and realized that, you know what, I'm good with all of y'all and all of y'all good with me. That's how I'm able to walk around the way that I am now because I'm still kind of in the same neighborhoods and I still see the same people. 
And you know, when I see those same people who are so hardcore in the games right now, they got kids. <laughs> they got jobs. <laughs> it's funny to see us now. But it ain't funny to see us because I'm still seeing us, if y'all get that. I mean, yeah, I know somebody who's locked up, know people who, who's been in jail. I know people who incarcerated for life. Sadly enough, I know people who aren't here. That's because of the lifestyles and the choices that we make. But some of us made good choices, some of us didn't. But I know, I know that those people that I see out there, they're not telling nothing. They're not telling nothing because most of the time, if I tell on you, I got to tell on myself. And I ain't trying to go to jail. And the way that we came up, you can pretty much pinpoint the ones that was going to point their finger and the ones that was going to tattletale. We can tell. It was just a lesson a lesson to be taught to these kids out here. You really got to watch who you watch. Watch your so-called role models. Just go. And I saw Pac say this, so I can't steal it. I can't say it for myself because my big brother said it. You got to go for the real models. Real models, the one that's being real. Because if I'm one way on a record and you catch me outside and I'm another way, if I'm a thug on a record, if I'm dressing how you want to dress, saying the things you want to say, flashing my middle finger, but you see me out there at these venues, or you see me out there just, just out, and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm out there in a suit, and I got four, five hundred security with me, and you can't really see me, and I'm waving at you like I'm the president. Am I really a thug, or am I a show? No. Do I really live the way that I say I live, or have I lived the way that I said I lived? No. It was something that I, it's a reenactment. There's so many, there's so many actors in rap. It's ridiculous. That's why I only listen to a handful of them. I don't listen to everybody. I don't give everybody passes. But you guys really got to look at it and just, you know, watch them. See how they move. And if they don't move, how you move out there in your regular life? You know, uh-uh. I ain't even, I ain't nobody going to catch me listening to a song. Oh, 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 you, you ride like that? That's what you listening to? Then I know not to mess with you because if he tells, you telling. So I got to watch out for you. And most likely the ones that tell are the ones that's targeted. I don't want to be targeted, but I'm just saying I'm going to protect mine. And people know that know me know I'm going to protect mine. I'm not fake or phony about anything, and I ain't got to put on no facade for it. It's best to wear your shoes. End it like that. I'm going to jump right into it. I shouldn't let my father slide with this one. I shouldn't give him a pass with this one. Too many times I've played the parent in our relationship because I let him get away with things that I didn't, that I didn't chastise him for. But this time... This time I can't, I can't send him to his room. I can't send him to a corner. It's becoming clearer to me that, that I pretty much never was a priority to him at all. It was always to make himself look good in others' eyes. 
Now I'm not trying. To, I'm not saying what he does for my sister Chelsea or that other child because I have nothing to do with that. And I pray that he that he just tries to find some sort of goodness in his heart to make their lives better because he done fucked with mine too much. I just pray he makes their lives better. He's a good person to them. Because the way he is to me, oh my gosh, I'm not trying to sound bitter or nothing, y'all, because I'm not. Long gone of those I want my daddy days. I ain't had I want my daddy day in over 30 years. And I'm 36. But I'm going to just tell y'all the story so y'all can know so y'all don't think Harrison just wilding out. No, I'm not wilding out. Everything I do is for a purpose. Even when it's even when I throw a trash can at a co-worker because I can't fight him. Everything I do is for a purpose. When I flip a table over over a co-worker because I can't fight them because they won't come to the freezer with me. Yeah, I do have some sort of issue. Yes, I do. But I just hate bullies. And I know those sound like bully tactics, but no. A bully is a person that constantly wants to press and push and pick and poke and piss you off because they feel that they can, no matter what size that they are. No matter what size they are. Because I'm six foot, 220 pounds, and the people that seem to piss me off are little bitty people. Like 130, 140. <laughs> little folks. Because they know if I hit them, I hurt them. If I hit them, I'm fired. And I can't do that. But I'm going to jump back. I'm going to jump right back into what I was saying. I want to give them a pass, but I can't not this time. I can't give them a pass this time. I wanted to sit. I wanted to sit with my partner in crime so we can have this discussion together. But I'm, I'm, I'm walking while I was running, but I got so pissed off and my mind went so many places to the point where I just stopped. And I stopped in front of this, I stopped in front of this house and I didn't know this man was on this porch and he asked me, son, are you all right? And I just turned around and I looked at him and I said, no, nah, but I will be. And he said, I'm going to pray for you. And I said, thank you so much, sir. I need that. You do not know how much I need that. It's becoming, it's becoming to the point to where, I mean, I don't go to church as much as I want to anymore. Because we moved sort of kind of out the area. So I'm not there as much as I need to. But I still have talks with my pastor. I still have dialogue with my pastor. Sorry about that, y'all. Walking. Walking past people I don't want to seem crazy. But um, <laughs> I still have dialogue with my pastor to the point to where he, he, we talk every week. And I was supposed to go to church yesterday. And I was supposed to go to church Saturday. But I didn't. Saturday I had an extremely bad headache. Because just everything that's in my head is in my head at once. And I can't seem to get it out. Can't seem to let anything go. Just can't seem to forget about anything and just move on and let things go and let people be. 
But I guess that's where the hard-headedness come in and yet, and I just get angry and I just sit up and wonder why people are the way that they are towards me. But this particular person just happens to be, this particular person just happens to be my father. And like I said, I can't let him slide no more. Can't let him slide. I haven't seen him since I had my heart attack. And when I have my heart attack, I'm sitting there connected to all these machines and feeling all horrible. But the only thing that I can seem to say to him is I really want you to have a relationship with your grandchildren. I want you to be involved in their life. He looked at me and didn't say nothing. He looked at me and actually walked out the hospital telling me, if you need me, call me. I'll come pick you up. I'll come take you home. And at that moment, I realized I can't have this person in my life because this person cares nobody about nobody for no one but himself to me. Like I said, I have nothing to do with what he does for other people. But to me, it seems like he cares solely about himself. Because as I'm sitting there and my head was down, I'm sitting there hurting, partly mad because I missed work. Sitting there hurting because at the time, I knew I had to be at work. I knew I had to work because got to take care of the family. And I wound up missing four days out of work. We had a pretty tough week. But as I look up and I see my father standing, standing before me, and, you know, he asked me, was I okay? And I tell him what happened, and he starts going on about everything about him, about his issues, about his ailments and stuff like that. And I'm like, but you walking upright. You fine. You look all right. I'm laying here, damn near dying. But all you want to do is say, all you seem to do is want to talk about is yourself, once again, your favorite subject. To me, once again, to me. And I'm going to keep saying that because I'm not trying to out him on nobody else. I'm not trying to sway nobody else's feelings about him. But like I said, I sat there and I looked that man in his eyes. I said, I want you to have a relationship with your grandchildren, with my children. So maybe, maybe to me, he took it as, he said grandchildren, so that means I get to pick. I'm getting to that one. I'm getting to that later, which is why I said, oh, he just said grandchildren. He didn't tell me I had to be there for his kids. He said, be there for your grandchildren. So if I'm there for one, I'm there for all of them. No, and I'm not saying they're coming up with gifts and stuff like that. Don't come there with gifts. The most precious gift is time. Come there with time. Teach him something. So time passed. I want to say this was three months ago. So keep in mind I haven't had contact with my father for three months, but he still talks to my mother damn near every day. It's not every day, every week. They still have a they still have a relationship. I don't see my father. My children don't see my father, but they talk. That's another issue. So, to fast forward with a lot of bullshit, I'm walking to work one day. A couple of days ago, I'm walking to work. And this car pulls up alongside of me. And it's a, and it's a woman. And she said, excuse me, how you doing? And I said, hey, is your name Harrison? I said, yes. 
She said, well, I'm a friend of your, I'm a friend of your dad's. And I said, okay, what does that have to do with me? And she said, well, you know, she, she asked to take me to work. And I was, I was nice to the woman. The woman seemed nice. So I got in the car. We started talking. And she says, first thing, you know, I just, I, I just want to say that whatever the issue is you have with your father, it would be best if you just, if you just let it go. It would be best if you just found, found a way to, to just let bygones be bygones. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. First of all, it's a touchy subject to even tell me what to do. Second of all, for you to come at me telling me that I need to bury something with my father is wrong in itself. Because you don't know. You just know what he wants to tell you. He said, well, he tells me the kids are fine. He tells me you guys are okay. That's what he tells you, but does he know for, for himself? No. Does he know the struggles that they've had in school? No. Does he know the fact that that before Candace started, started working regularly, it was so damn hard for me to come off a dollar for anything because I knew the kids may need something. Hell, we got to eat. So it was a struggle, and I'm not trying to say I'm the only one that struggles. Candace and myself are the only ones that struggle as parents because we don't, we aren't. So there ain't no reason for us to hop on this podcast and start hollering about what we ain't got because we have each other. That's what we teach you guys in these episodes, through our words. That's what we hope you hear. You got it. You don't need this. You don't need that. You don't need all of everything. You just need a little bit of everything. You'll be fine. You'll be good. So anyways, back to the story. Y'all know how I do. I jump from shit to shit. So let me get right back to what I was talking about. So. Sitting on with the woman and I'm telling her, ma'am. Wait a minute. Let me paint a different picture for you. She was like, yeah, I know he's a he's a 70 year old. He almost 70 and he acts 20. And I'm like, once again. I don't have anything to do with your relationship with him, so don't talk to me about it. Don't come to me with your with your issues about my father just because I favor him a little bit. Don't come to me with your issues about him thinking I can fix them. Or thinking I'm gonna, oh, that's just dad. Bitch, please. And don't mean I'm not trying to say that. I'm not trying to call that lady that because I don't know her. But that's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. I don't care about your issues with my pops. Once again, y'all, I'm gonna get to the base of the, I'm gonna get to the major part of the story in a second. I'm just telling y'all the whole story. We're gonna have fun on this episode. Don't worry about it. But right now, I gotta get some shit off. So we're sitting there and she's telling me these stories. Telling me, she said, well, he's he's going through this and he's going through that. And I'm like, ma'am, I don't care. I don't care what he's going through because he doesn't care what I go through. And he's shown me that time and time again, regardless of the times that I told him, look, I don't hate you. I don't blame you for anything. I don't hate you for all the times you tried to fight me. I don't hate you for that. Because at those times he tried to fight me, all I did was, was sit there and like, wait a minute, I'm only a 12 year old kid. What the hell am I doing? Why is my father trying to fight me? 
I didn't do anything. I didn't have anywhere stable to go. I was going back and forth from his house to my mother's house. I was doing horrible in school because I was afraid. I didn't have any stability. I didn't have anything solid. This was right around the time, I remember when I told you guys that that principal wanted to adopt me. Right around that time. And I'm so glad I didn't go that route because if I would've went that route, I wouldn't have my children. My life would've turned out the way that I dreamed it would've turned out. I would have been a professional athlete. I would have been. I know I would have been. Because I had the ability and the ambition. I know that. If I was put on that track. But I was, wasn't was put on that track. The track I was put on wasn't even a track. Because I had to build it myself. I had to lay the road down myself. And that's made that made me who I am right now. So if I had, if I would have had the life that I dreamed of, I would not be this person. And I'm so blessed that I didn't say yes to that man. I don't have the life that I dreamed of because I have the life that God gave me. I realized I didn't want the life that I dreamed of because if I would have wanted the life that I dreamed of I would probably be just like my fucking father and I know that sounded a little bitter that sounded a little harsh but bear with me y'all know how I am y'all know exactly how I am y'all know and this passion can be turned from anger to happiness in just, just that fast, just that quick. I have that much conviction in me. You guys know I do anything for the people to listen to this podcast, even the people that don't, even the people that fucking lie and tell me they do. I'll do anything for you. But let's get back to the story. As I'm sitting there going back and forth with this lady, her telling me that I need to do this, need to do that. And I'm telling her, ma'am. You kind of need to know what you're talking about. And I understand what you're telling me about um, being there for your parents. And as your parents get older, you got to take care of your parents. But hell no, not in this situation. Not in this situation. So, she proceeds to tell me that... She proceeds to tell me that they spend a lot of time with each other. And I was like, okay, once again... I can care less about your relationship with my father. And then she proceeds to tell me that she lives right around the corner from me. Right around the corner from me. And that her and myself and the kids and my wife could come down whenever they need to if they need anything. So I said, wait a minute. You live right around the corner from me? She said, yeah, you're about two minutes away from you. Oh, okay. So that means my father is there. A lot. Yeah, he comes visit me. Yeah, okay, okay. And I look at her. I didn't say a word. I just looked at her and I turned around, looked out the window. Cause it was about time for me to get out of her car, and go to work. So I didn't want to argue. I didn't want to argue because that woman didn't do anything to me. That woman was just an innocent woman trying to do what she felt was right by telling me that it's best. If I forgave my father, because too many fucking times in these situations, 
It's the child that needs to forgive. It's the child that needs to get over the fact that their father wasn't there. It's the child. And I understand that. I wholeheartedly understand that in a lot of these situations, it is the child. It is the child that has to overcome the father, your father not being there. Overcome the love that you wasn't giving. Forgive. Turn the other cheek. But what if I did that? What if I went to this man? What if I told him I don't blame him? What if I told him, no, it's okay. It's all right for you to say that. It's okay. You okay? I forgive you. I'm the fucking parent. In my relationship with my father, I'm the parent. He's still running around with like a child. He's still running around like a child. Very self-centered, very selfish. Everything I do, I do for myself. Well, I'm sorry. Everything I do, I do for others. My wife, my children, mother, my little brother. I don't have new anything. I don't have new nothing. The clothes I got on, I've had for years. Holes and everything. I look like a fucking bum, but do I care? I don't care. I do not care what I look like. I do not care what I look like. Can't say the same for him because he has brand new everything. Once again, it may sound like I'm bitter, but I'm not. I'm hurt. And that's the difference. I'm hurt. I'm disappointed because I did everything that I was supposed to do. I forgave. I gave it all to God. I let God handle it. But yet and still, this man is laying with this woman, sleeping with this woman two minutes away from my house and he won't even come see his grandchildren. You ain't got to say shit to me. But he said things to my mother about me. He said things to family members about me. Why? I don't know. Like I said, for you guys that know me personally, know I'll do anything for you. But will I ever ask you for anything? No, I won't. That's just me. That's just me. But I can't give him no more passes. I can't let him slide no more. Not with me. He has to exit my life. Wholeheartedly. And I told my mother yesterday. She was like, well, maybe I'm at fault. Because I still talk to him. I still have a relationship with him. I still speak to him. I let my mother have that one. Because she realizes that, wait a minute. I am. I don't say anything because I don't want to hurt my mother because she was the one that was there. He wasn't. That don't mean I still couldn't. I, I tried. I tried, and I guess that's why I'm hurt, because I tried. I tried to forgive him and overlook all of his shortcomings and everything that he said and all the times that I wanted to break him in half. But I let it slide. Like I told my mother yesterday, he gets no more passes from me. And I mean, my mother was like, well, didn't she take you to work? I'm like, what the hell does that have to do with anything? 
That ain't got nothing to do with nothing. She took me to work, and we discussed my father, which I hate talking about him. But we discussed him. And I hate to even bring it to my podcast. That's why I'm getting it out the way now. Because like I said, y'all, I'm hurt. And I can't lie and be fake and be phony on my platform. Like I said, this is going to be a fun episode because I got a lot of shit to talk about. Candace does as well. We got a lot of things to discuss. We've been going through some things as well. But like I told y'all, we're going to go through those. We're going to take those lumps with each other. We're going to battle. That's going to happen. But just going through this stuff with my father is, is, is not worth it at all. It's not worth it at all. I don't want to go through this anymore with him. I don't want to give a person that has nothing to do with my life this much power to make me this damn mad. But like I told my mother yesterday, the only reason why I'm coming to you is because of how hurt and angry I am. And she did what mothers are supposed to do. She went to the man and she talked to him. She said, I can't do this with you anymore. I can't even talk to you no more because of how hurt you were making my son. Because of how you were doing my son, and I'm so tired of overlooking it because I know he's a strong person. But sometimes that's, that, that strength can be turned into anger, and I won't be able to stop him if you make him mad enough. Because, yeah, I said some things that I shouldn't have said. I told my mother some things that I shouldn't have told her, and I apologize to her for it. But like I said, I had to get this out. I had to get this out. So I'm going to let you guys know this is about 26 minutes long. So if you want to skip through it, skip through it. I'm going to put a disclaimer at the beginning of the podcast. Let y'all know this is about 26 minutes long. Skip through it. Possibly 25. I'm at 23 and a half now. So I may cut it short. But to close it, don't let anybody that doesn't matter destroy you. And I'm not saying my father doesn't matter, but right now he's proving to me that he doesn't matter. And he's doing nothing but turning me down. And it's probably putting a smile on his face because he knows he's right around the corner from my house. He knows he could come see my children. He gave them some book bags yesterday, y'all. School been in for two months. I already bought them book bags. They had book bags already. But he feels his book bags are special book bags. <laughs> He's a fucking joke. All right. 
go from a clown in the rap industry to a clown in professional sports. I got to talk about Antonio Brown. I know I'm a little late. For those of you guys who don't know, he was the, you know, prima donna receiver with the Pittsburgh Steelers, stuff like that. Then he got cut. Then he got picked up by the Raiders. Then he got picked up by the Patriots. Then he got cut again. Okay. But he's one of those types that wanted to point the finger at everybody instead of accepting himself. From the crazy hairstyles to the dying his mustache blind and blue and this and that. He just it was it was pretty evident that he was just screaming for attention. But when you a multimillionaire athlete, you're getting enough attention. Honestly saying it honestly looked like there was something else with Antonio. But for the things that he did, the trying to fight his GM, the trying to fight his teammates, to putting you know, it's just it just looked like when it was right, oh, I'm the one that did it. But when it was wrong, everyone else is at fault. And that's not that's not the case. That's just not the case. And I look at this guy turning down a $30 million contract extension with the Raiders when, true enough, everybody plays to win Super Bowls. But when you're, you're an athlete, you can't really dictate where you want to go. You just have to let your talent speak for, himself, for, for itself. I'm sorry. And there's been plenty of professional athletes who just were professionals and just went about it. I don't care if we, you know, what we do as a team, my talent is going to take care of that. We'll win. We'll have our moment. And the Pittsburgh Steelers were successful. They just couldn't get over the hump against certain teams. And Antonio wasn't to blame or the team wasn't to blame for a lot of that. That's just the way sports go. So with that, it's just... He just went about it the wrong way, and now he's talking about everybody from... But the one thing I do agree with about him is that he did get get a lot of truth out there because he got somewhat caught with allegations of sexual assault. And he said, wait a minute, the owner of the New England Patriots got caught in the brothel, in the brothel. And now you're acting like that's just a slap on the wrist. Nothing happened to him. But I'm Antonio Brown, and she says I touched her. Now, you know, I got to get the ridicule. I got to get this. I got to get that. I got to get released when you did nothing to the owner of the flagship, flagship, you know, team in sports, New England Patriots. You do nothing to them. But same thing I said about Mike Vick, and I'm kind of going to defend Antonio Brown, even though I think he's a clown. The same thing I said about Mike Vick, and I'm not saying Mike Vick was right in the dog fighting thing because he wasn't. I got dogs. I love dogs. I hate dog fights. But the way that he got put down, even when he came out of jail and tried to turn his life around, what if that was Peyton Manning fighting those dogs like Jadakiss said? What if Tom Brady got caught groping a woman? What if the owner of the New England Patriots 
got caught in a multi-million dollar sting sex sex trafficking in a brothel. I don't, know, I don't know if it was sex trafficking, but I'm saying it was he got he got caught in an illegal brothel, basically. So, but that part did happen. The part about Tom Brady groping someone didn't, but what if it did? Would we look at Tom Brady the same way we look at Antonio Brown? Possibly, probably not. Would Peyton Manning have been convicted of dog fighting? No one paid Manning. He probably would have dog fought a bunch of Chihuahuas and shit. But I mean, but I'm not saying, I'm not saying that. That's still wrong, regardless of color. But I'm just saying there is a stigma. There is a stigma. There is. And there's no denying it. I mean, I'm not saying Colin Kaepernick is not is not in the league because he's black. He's just in in he's not in in the league because of his. And not even for his beliefs. He's in the league for the way that he carried himself. And not even for the the kneeling or anything like that. I when I saw him with the um with the socks, with the pigs on it and police hats and stuff like that, and he was saying things against the police. I'm not saying I'm pro pro cop or anything like that. I'm not saying I'm against anybody. Maybe this isn't this isn't this isn't even a subject I should speak on. It possibly isn't, but I think Colin Kaepernick scared America, scared the NFL, because you're an influence, and we don't want people acting and thinking like you. That's why I think Colin Kaepernick is not in the league not because anything NFL. It's just his influence. Same way that they tried to shut Allen Iverson up. The same way that they tried to shut, you know, the same way that they shut Tupac up. You know, once you touch a certain person, regardless of color, a certain class of person, they gotta they gotta come along and quiet you, or change your image, or tell you to change your image. Something has to be done because you can't say the things that you say. You can't do the things that you do. You have to do what we tell you to do. We tell you what to do. We tell you how to dress. We tell you, you know, what shoes to wear and how to wear them and stuff like that. This is the NFL. You can't be an individual. Even though they're sort of leaning away from that now. And it's a good thing, too, because like I said, I love the way that it, that, that it is now the way that the NFL is now with the individual, you're seeing a lot of players in commercials with their helmets off. So you know who they are instead of what team they play for. You just don't know the last name. So, I mean, players like Antonio and players like Colin Kaepernick could have, and I'm not saying had had Kaepernick just like, okay, Colin, we're getting, we're getting pressure from people. Maybe you should stand and we'll donate whatever money to whatever cause or we'll help out the local police whatever, however we can we'll help you out however we can whatever cause you want to you want to showcase, we'll, we'll do it the same way they showcase breast awareness and things of that nature, cancer awareness and stuff like that social awareness is just as big and I'm not saying 
And I'm not saying cancer isn't because cancer took so many of my loved ones away. Cancer is the reason my wife doesn't have a mother. So maybe if they would have just listened to him, then things would have been different for Colin. The same cannot be said for Antonio Brown because he's not Colin Kaepernick. He's not the man that Colin Kaepernick is. Colin Kaepernick believed in himself wholeheartedly. He believed in the cause and he believed in people wholeheartedly and he got rewarded for that by the grace of God. I mean, he got his collusion case settled because it was conspired against him to keep him out of the NFL. He got a nice contract with Nike. He has apparel out now. So, I mean, you can't hold right down. But in Antonio's case, I guess he figured if it was okay for you, then I can do it too. No. Not necessarily. You really got to, you know, put on that helmet, shut up, run the offense, don't point your finger at the quarterback when the ball doesn't, doesn't get that fast enough. I'm not saying it's Antonio's fault, but you know everything isn't perfect. Every game plan can't be perfect. You can't catch every ball. You can't score all the touchdowns. Everything isn't perfect. And I'm not saying he's gonna get he's gonna get um another contract. I don't know if he's gonna be in the league again. It doesn't look like it. But like I said, it it all isn't. It all isn't what you see, or it, it definitely isn't all isn't what you say, especially in sports. The reason why I say that it all isn't what you say, because just because Antonio said, oh, he's wrong, he's wrong, he's wrong. I'm not. I'm the best wide receiver in the league. I actually know you're not. You were the best wide receiver for that scheme, yes, and you needed help. You needed a Roethlisberger. You need a... A Le'Veon Bell to take the pressure off you. You needed Juju. You you needed those pieces for you to be great. And he didn't see it that way. He thought it was just all about him. And it's not. I'm not saying the Steelers are going to continue to be successful because they're actually struggling a little bit now. Roethlisberger's out, Roethlisberger's out for the year. And, you know, their offense isn't working as well without Le'Veon Bell and without Tony O'Brien. So... He honestly should have just shut up. Should not, 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 not just shut up and dribble the ball like that one lady said about LeBron. No, Antonio, just shut up and do your job. You're going to get your money. You're going to get paid. The Raiders possibly couldn't have been that bad of a team this season. I'm not saying they were going to win the Super Bowl. I'm not even saying they were going to have a winning record. But they were building. Antonio could have been part of something special. He really could have been part of something special in New England. But they thought since you went to the New England Patriots, you're protected. No, you're not protected. And not every woman has to say yes to you. So, I mean, I just, I mean, I I never really was a fan of his. But, you know, now that I know a little bit more about the person, I'm really not a fan of him now. I'm just saying there are more, there are better players out there to me. But it's just that with the things that you see Antonio go through, and I'm surprised OBJ hasn't really blown a gasket in Cleveland yet. 
you just see these players as something more now because, you know, back when I was coming up, you never really knew the individuals. You just knew the team. Now that you sort of know the individuals, that light is getting brighter and brighter and hotter and hotter, and a lot of them can't handle it. I mean, look at what Baker Mayfield said. We thought it would be easy. Why would you think the NFL would be easy? Why would you think a 260-pound linebacker who can run a 4-4 coming towards your body to run into it at 20 miles an hour would be easy? No, no. 300-pound lineman coming at you to sack you would be easy. No, these players are not going to bow down to you. They they aren't. Just because you're Baker Mayfield and you're the Cleveland Browns, the new, the new hot item of the NFL this season, I never said they were going to win the Super Bowl. I never said they were even going to win their division or go to the playoffs. I think Baltimore is going to win that division hand down, hands down. I don't think Cleveland's going to make the playoffs at all. Honestly, I really don't. I think they're probably going to finish 6-10, and 7-9. and nine. But back to Antonio, he really needs to get his life together. He really does. Steer clear of all of those issues, and I believe he is married. He does have a girlfriend. I know he has children. I mean, there you go. Live your life like that. I'm not trying to place blame or point the finger or anything like that. It's just, it's just life. You know, you got to understand things, Antonio. You really do. It's not always about who you can point your finger at. You know, how many times you can say he did it, he did it. And as I was talking about dogs, that's what they're out there doing now, fighting dogs. But, you know, like I said, he just needs to get his life together. I really, I really hope he does. I mean, I don't want to see anything happen, happen to the man, you know. I don't want to hear anything bad or anything wrong about that. But it's just all of these, this, this timetable of things that he's, that, he, that he's done is just not good from – like I said, him trying to fight the GM. To, I think I heard he got burnt in a, uh, one of those cryogenic uh, cryogenic uh, healing chamber things. I think he got, like, frostbitten or something like that. And then all the stuff he did with the Raiders about the helmet and him talking about Roethlisberger and all of, all, all of this stuff. And so I just, you know, really pray for the guy. Really do. Really do. Ah, there really isn't much else for me to talk about, you know, giving you guys enough for this episode. And I know I started it off by saying I was under a spotlight, 80,000 people watching me. And I sort of did exactly what I thought I was going to do. I was going to hide behind something else, like hide behind another story instead of let the light boil down on me. But that was kind of what I was talking about with Takashi and Tony O'Brien. The light is on them. They can't handle it. And as I step into this possible new chapter in my life of, okay, I'm not saying Candace isn't going to be there, but I'm not going to be married. That's going to be different for me to not be married. I mean, we're still going to live together, but, you know, I'll possibly move into the basement another part of the house once the children get moved to their rooms and stuff once we get the house fixed up and settled. But you know, it's just I'm sort of kind of feeling that light again on me, y'all. And I'm feeling those eyes as well, you know, so 
as I look back, as I look on to what I feel is my future, it's still as bright as it was. She still has my support. She knows that. Like I said, she's not a bad woman. It's just we're just moving on into a different chapter, and I'm ready to accept it. <laughs> yeah, it's time to accept it. Really is. Um, I'm not gonna change the name of the podcast. I'm not, but you know, so because <laughs> we got something, but we we've built something with this podcast. We've built something with the name, with the brand. It's just about accepting everything now, accepting the difference, difference in our children, the difference in our family as a whole. Yeah. We knew it would change, you know. We knew it would change, but we didn't know it would rock us like this. We thought it would be an easy transition, but nothing is easy. So, you know, I hope she, I hope she has a good time and does things that she wants does everything that she says she wanted to do. I really do. I really hope she does everything she says she wanted to do while she's there, get out there and engage in things with people and, you know, just be a woman. Finally be seen as that woman. Oh, my gosh, I didn't know it was this late. So let me go wake up the suspended one (laughs) who's in there. I get to the store, I got to get food cooked and stuff like that. I actually really wanted this time off of work. I'm glad I got it. So I want to know, I want to let you guys know. Next week, right back at it. GMH, O&P.